Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. New Facebook system, but we are live on Facebook as well as here on the beautiful uh, radio set at KKNW in Seattle. I almost said San Francisco. <laughs> it's been feeling a little bit like San Francisco. Good morning. I'm New York Vinny. This is Drive Time Radio. Uh, we uh, get together every Saturday morning and uh, at 8 o'clock, 8 till 9, and we talk about cars. We talk about what's new in the car world. Uh, we do a lot around electric cars lately because that seems to uh, be what people are interested in. And if uh, if the sales figures are true, and those are the truest figures of any figures at all, if people are buying them, boy, the number of electric cars that you're going to see. I mean, you're driving around and you already know that you've seen more than usual, right? I, I, I mean, you're driving down the street and, you know, you, you see the Teslas. You can't miss the Teslas. But now you're also seeing the, the, the Mach-E's and uh, the the Volts and uh, uh, the Bolts, I should say. There's still some Volts around, but the Bolts, uh, the EUV, uh, as well as the little... Uh, the little sedan, and uh, every other electric car uh, that's out there, from luxury to from the highest to the lowest. And it is uh, really incredible to uh, see this revolution come along, to be living through it if you're into cars. It's a spectacular thing to see, I think, uh, just from the standpoint of uh, whether you like electric cars or don't like electric cars, the fact that you uh, you have this, this, this revolution going on, this industrial revolution around cars and batteries and chips and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, as a, as a person who just observes, well, no, I don't just observe. I mean, I participate in the business. Uh, as I participate in this and do this show, it, um, it's just gratifying to see it. Sometimes I feel like I'm sitting there when... Uh, you know, Henry Ford or Durant or Chrysler or any of the, the people whose names are on these cars, you know, uh, were building the first gasoline cars. And by the way, the first cars were also electric. So we forget about that sometimes. So everything old becomes new again. Anyway, we, uh, we this morning uh, have, uh, I'll, I'll be very straight up honest with you. Very straight up honest with you, which I always am. Um, I got up about five minutes before the show started this morning. <laughs> Maybe ten, you know? And I just, uh, oh, man, I just, uh, you know, the smoke and everything. Thank God this is uh, clearing. We had the worst pollution in the world in Seattle. Think about that. I mean, you always see those pictures of Beijing and, uh, you know, the, the clouds and, and, and of smog that are sitting on top of everything. I mean, I went out to um, went out to take a picture of the drive time road test vehicle from last week, which was the Buick. And I got out to see that to, to take that picture, and it looked like there were yellow snowflakes on the car. All over the car, it's a black car, and there were li- literally these yellow snowflakes on the car, uh, and they, they weren't snowflakes. They turned out to be some kind of pollutant, and just, I mean, you think about it, you're breathing that stuff in, man. You are breathing that stuff in, and... It is, uh, I mean, if that doesn't scare you, that doesn't make you want to look for something uh, of an alternative method of powering vehicles. I don't know what will, because that stuff is going um, into your lungs. That stuff is going into your, you know, and so when you look at that, 
I mean, to me, that's a call to action. And I, I know it's just a couple of days and uh, so on and so forth. I, I've heard all the excuses from uh, the people that don't want to do anything about it, but you got to do something about it. And hopefully um, electric cars will go, uh, and alternative fuel cars, not just electric cars, but hopefully some of these cars will go a ways toward not seeing that kind of thing uh, or experiencing it in the future. You know, it's not save the whales here. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's it's a legitimate environmental concern. And if this past week doesn't, you know, tell you that something isn't right, I I don't know what's gonna. I, I really don't. I feel for you. Uh, anyway, so that's my soapbox speech here this morning. Uh, now we'll get on the uh, uh, from. We'll go from the soapbox to. The um, the part that I love, which is uh, talking about cars and and you know and letting you know what's going on. Uh, speaking about though electric cars, because we couldn't really uh, do a show if we didn't speak somewhat about electric cars. Uh, one of the things that came across my desk uh, this week is I was searching and searching, and actually, it was interesting because it, it came across my. It, it, came across my desk in the most interesting of ways, it it, it, it floated across my desk in a shocking um, manner in which I got a, a letter, uh, an email from Rolls-Royce, and I said, well, why would they be emailing me? And it turns out that uh, they, uh, they emailed me for a very important reason. A uh, 2024 Rolls-Royce Spectre. It's an electric vehicle, 300 miles of of probably the quickest, most powerful Rolls-Royce that you've ever seen. I mean, this thing, when, when you look at this car, and I'm going to try to get it up here on the uh, screen here, uh, see if we can make that happen. Uh, when, okay, I think we got that, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's, if you're look, watching on YouTube, that's what it looks like. If you're on radio, you're looking at a vehicle, it's a coupe, uh, that is so well designed to think about anything that you've seen in the future around cars. Uh, most of them look like the uh, kind of like uh, one of the Batmobiles and uh, the low slung roof line. And the Rolls Royce Spectre EV is just one of the most beautiful vehicles that you'll ever put your eyes on. It's um, uh, from the black and gold, yes, Steeler fans, black and gold, but real gold, not yellow in this case. Uh, the black and gold color scheme uh, to the prominent Rolls-Royce grille to its uh, fascinating front end uh, that is designed uh, as a futuristic looking, uh, you, you know, one of the great things that they can do now with design is because they're not constricted to, um, you know, having a have an engine and and all of that you know they can design on top of a platform is that they come up with some of these really interesting and beautiful designs and the Spectre really just the more you look at it uh, the more intense the more beautiful it becomes i don't know if when i first looked at this car i said to myself uh, you know it's, it's, it looks like a rolls royce but the more you look at it the more you look at the way the roof line is low slung and the lines of the car just uh, integrate into each other. And then all of the lines of the car come to meet together in the front end. And you have this hood that has, a, a, you know, a power bulge on it, like you would expect in a gasoline engine. Uh, but it's a, <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's an electric, uh, there's, no, there's, no, there's no there under there. You know, it's all under the car. And it really is truly, uh, you know, I got to give it to the Rolls-Royce designers on this one. Uh, listen, Rolls-Royce is a beautiful car just sitting there. Uh, and it's a spectacularly luxurious car. Uh, 
just uh, you know parked and looking at it. But I really can't wait to get in one of these and drive it. It's supposed to be torquey, uh, 300 miles of range. Um, silent. I mean, you, you know, if, if you've ever been in a Rolls Royce, you know, a newer one, you get the part about cocooning yourself. Lincoln is trying to uh, do something similar to that in their advertising, escape from it, get away from it all, you know, and uh, I think they've been somewhat successful in that, and the Rolls-Royce, without a doubt, is that is that upper end of the world is over there, I'm over here. Uh, the uh, troubles of my day are outside of this car. I'm in this car. My troubles have gone away. Now, we all know in reality that's not the case. Your troubles are still there no matter what. But, but, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm here to tell you that if you're driving this, uh, I think it's around $300,000 uh, is what they have said. They're estimating that this thing is going gonna, is gonna to run. Um, if you're driving to work in this car every day, your troubles or your perception of your troubles, I guarantee you will be less. Uh, many years ago, not that many years ago, I guess, but somewhat uh, a bunch of years ago, I had a Rolls Royce for a week here in Seattle before I went back to Pittsburgh, so I know it was at least 10, 12 years ago. And um, I will tell you that traffic is better in a Rolls Royce. The idea of sitting there uh, communally with all these other people on a strip of concrete that's elevated above the streets through a city, or in some cases, as in Seattle, below a street, is so much more palatable when you have uh, the kind of luxury around you, this opulent luxury that uh, Rolls-Royce delivers. It's just, it puts your whole mindset in a different place when you drive to work or to play or wherever you're going in a car like this. You feel good. You look good. I hazard a guess that you even smell good when you get out of a car like this. There's just something about it. And I don't know, I mean, I'm sure we could have... Uh, Maybe, I, maybe we could have my therapist on, you know, and, and she could talk about the connection between the car and the mind and the status and all of that stuff. I just know from, a, from a, an, an inside feeling that when you drive one of these cars, when you um, pull up to a place that you're going in one of these cars, that your perspective on what's going on around you in life changes. You know, uh, the toughest the toughest job in the world is having to give it back after you get it on loan for four days or for a week or for whatever it is. That's the toughest job in the world is, you know, not getting a car, uh, not driving it around, uh, not finding a place to park where it's a supervised because they don't just let you take a Rolls Royce and park it on the street. Although I do remember, I went to... Uh, the place downtown, the, the Metropolitan Grill. I went to, for dinner at the Metropolitan Grill and I pulled up at the valet parking with the Rolls Royce. And the guy looked at, you know, I, I mean, first first of all, three guys came over, whatever, whatever Volvo they were getting into. These three valet guys were now arguing about who was going to get to check in the Rolls Royce. So, and then, so I pull up and, you know, I get out my I was married at the time. My wife was with me. She could they hold the door for her. But boom, but you know. And the thing is, is when you're driving a Rolls Royce, you feel innately uh, compelled to tip the person at the valet before you go inside. So you're not pulling five dollars out of my out of my pocket and hand it to the guy to take good care of it. And you know, he doesn't take it around to the garage. You know, he's got a, he, he has a, a car in a space right in front of the Metropolitan. And all of a sudden I look and I can see from the 
you know, from inside where you go in and check in for your reservations, they've moved now that other car out of the space. <laughs> and the rolls <laughs> sitting in the space. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it's, it's just, it's royalty. When it comes to cars, a Rolls Royce is royalty. Now, I, listen, I probably, if I pulled up, I mean, I'm trying to think, I, I, I definitely had pulled up to the Metropolitan in my Corvette at one time, and I think that kind of got the same treatment, but there's certain cars that you drive that get this treatment of, it's special. It's different. You've made their day by bringing that car to the valet park and letting them, you know, take a spin around the block in it or whatever, you know. Uh, so these cars really do bring out um, the the best in people, I would think, in, in that you feel special uh, driving this car down the street. When people stop and look at it, you feel special. Um Probably the only time you don't feel special in one of these cars is if you're driving downtown and somebody tries to carjack you. Then maybe you don't feel so much as special, but they say, but that's never happened to me. I know it's happened to some people, and I know you have to take precautions these days uh, because if you're driving something like this down, uh, I'm not just going to say Seattle, I think anywhere these days, you have to be on the lookout, you have to be on guard, you have to be aware of your surroundings, but I think that's... Sometimes I think that's whether you're driving a Plymouth Valiant or a Rolls-Royce Spectre. It just, it's the world we live in today. And for many people, especially in a place like Seattle, where, I, I, I don't know, maybe this is true, maybe this is not. I think it's changed since I left and came back that the uh, showing off of your, uh, of your success, your opulence, whatever it is, is... You know, used to be in Seattle that you didn't show off, no matter how rich you were. You didn't uh, you didn't show that you had a, a, a better car than everybody else. You didn't show that you had a better house. You were kind of humbled into it. And then the tech thing came along, and things kind of changed a lot. And the old Seattle left. And uh, a, a newer, more... Um, willing to show off what you've earned, Seattle, showed up in its place. And I, listen, I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. Uh, but, you know, people didn't generally go out and buy, uh, you know, if, if you bought a, if you were going out and buying a fancy car, you bought a Volvo instead of an Oldsmobile. That was a, you know, that was a fancy car here in Seattle. Or a Saab. You know, uh, uh, people definitely bought cars along uh, nationalistic lines. And it was just, it was cool, though, to, uh, you know, to see that. I thought it was one of the, in fact, it was one of the things I really loved about Seattle when I got here, is that there wasn't that push, like in San Francisco, where I'd lived before. I mean, you showed whatever you had as far as wealth, you showed it. You brought it, you know, you, that, it was a status symbol. Um, here it is now, but I think in those days it was, it was different. Let me see if I can get another couple of pictures here. Uh, just, just, uh, if you are watching on, I mean, look at that. If you can see it, uh, the roof, the rear, uh, comes down in a fastback kind of slope. It's not a full hatchback. As you can see, uh, there's a, a deck lid here that, that goes under, uh, the rear window, so it's not the entire thing uh, deck lid goes up, it's just the bottom part under the window uh, would go up and give you a trunk space and probably some other space in there, uh, but it's just, it's stunning. The line on the car from the, uh, you know, the, the line across the belt of the car, uh, that intersects with, a, you know, the, the line from the front that comes up and back, it intersects with the line coming from the rear that starts out with a kind of a hunched fender well and moves into a smooth line that ends up at the front door handle, which opens from the front, not from the rear. 
is a very different uh, design and one I think uh, will be copied by many a designer. Um, the interior in this car, I mean, look at it. If you can see it, if you can't see it, if you're just listening on the radio, it, again, stunning is the way that you would describe it. Uh, Analog-looking gauges in front of the driver, uh, a white and black steering wheel, um, smooth and soft. You, you know, when you can look at an interior and tell how smooth it is, you know you got something. Uh, you know, a full um, screen across the dashboard uh, that gives you all of the information, the infotainment, but then again, redundant manual controls under the uh, under the, de- the air conditioning vents that are centered a la Rolls-Royce in the middle of uh, the dashboard with a couple other buttons for, I, you know, I don't know what they're for because I can't get into the car and look, but to say that the interior is stylish and stunning and uh, well thought out from what I can see in the pictures uh, would be an understatement. It is uh, a car that uh, will be looked at and to in the future as a design standard. Gee, doesn't that, doesn't that Ford Granada look like a Mercedes? Well, a little bit. Well, yeah, that's the design standard. That's what they're copying now. I think you'll see that with this uh, with this Rolls. Anyway, uh, I spent a lot of time talking about this car, but I do think that it is, uh, you know, when a benchmark vehicle is released, that you need to uh, to see that and to look at that. Now, to be fair here, Rolls was not the only manufacturer that put out a vehicle, uh, you know, on display this week, their future uh, on display. One of the other vehicles that came out in uh, Los Angeles was uh, an incredible, I think, uh, achievement for Cadillac in that um, Cadillac came out with a 300000 uh dollar vehicle of their own, the Celestique, which uh, I'm trying to get it up for you now on the uh, screen here to take a look, and here you go. Here is your Cadillac, here is your equivalent (laughs) of the Rolls-Royce for Americans. This is the Cadillac Celestique, all-electric Three hundred thousand dollars. If you are a Cadillac lover, if you want to buy American, now I I um I bring up the Cadillac for a couple of reasons. Number one, it came out on Wednesday, I believe, and uh, to a uh, a rave review down in Los Angeles, and you can certainly see that it is designed differently than most anything that you see out there. This is a radical departure for Cadillac, and uh, I think it's quite stunning as as a vehicle. If you saw one of these coming down the street, you'd stop and you'd look at it and say, whoa, what's that? And then you would find out. Maybe you would think it was uh, some kind of uh, European sedan or something along those lines uh the uh, the work on the lights in the rear especially uh with a sweeping tail light uh that's above the belt line and around the side of the car and then a lower tail light uh that integrates with the uh, outer rear quarter panel uh it's it's unique is it, does it look like a $300,000 car? See, when I look at the rolls, I immediately look at it and go, somebody's got to have some coin to buy this. When I look at the Celestique, and I am a fan of this car, I think it's a beautiful car in many respects. 
but it doesn't hit me up initially. And then again, when you see a car in person, different things happen, but it doesn't hit me up as a car that is um, like the Rolls-Royce does. The Rolls-Royce says to me, you, you, you got somewhere in life. I don't know if the Celestique does the same thing to me. Now again, I need you need to reserve judgment until you see it in person. See what it looks like. Look at the lines up close. Sometimes pictures do not do a car justice. Sometimes they do. And in this case, uh, this uh, Cadillac uh, Celestique, this 2024, this is a, a $300,000 vehicle that I think people are going to have questions about. Again, uh, a sh sharp-looking vehicle, but the Rolls-Royce designed with, and, if, and you know, if somebody was saying, well, you're comparing a Rolls-Royce to a Cadillac. Well, you know what? Cadillac, by charging $300,000 for this car, is comparing themselves to Rolls-Royce. That's the neighborhood that they want to move into. And that's a tough neighborhood because you're judged um, on so many different parameters that have nothing to do with the, you know, the the $27,000 Toyota Corolla uh, that you're going to go out there and buy at the dealer and it's going to be your family car for the next seven or eight or ten years. There is a certain amount of um, status, of um, perceived artwork, that come along with buying one of these cars. You buy this car because it's beautiful, because it's luxurious, but you also buy this car because it looks good at the clubhouse, uh, uh, the golf course, the country club, uh, the places where people uh, like you and me don't often get to go. Let's face it. Um, the only way I get to drive one of these is if Cadillac calls me up and says, Vinny, we'd like you to drive our Celestique. Uh, the only way I get to drive a Rolls-Royce is to get an email from the Rolls-Royce people and say, Vinny, we'd like you to drive this for a week and tell us what you think. Um, otherwise, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have a, a chance in hell of getting close to a, uh, a new Rolls-Royce, a $300,000 car. No, to be honest with you, uh, I, don't, I don't know that I'd buy a $300,000 car, but uh, I don't know that I'd buy a Van Gogh I don't know that I'd buy uh, Whistler's mother if I was offered the opportunity to, but I sure like to go to the museum and look at them and, and check them out. Or, you know, if somebody buys one and they park it in front of uh, Nordstrom's, I certainly, uh, certainly want to take a look at it. So the Celestique, you'll see the pictures if you can see them at home. Uh, and if not, I'll, I'll put them up on uh, the uh, website. Uh, again, trying to move into that Rolls-Royce neighborhood, but by the looks of things, and I'm just going again, just what you can see from a picture, and pictures often are different than what real life is. The two, the two cars, I mean, the Rolls-Royce definitely wins the race. In my, in, in my, and again, now we're talking about cars as art, not just as uh, transportation. We're talking about cars as a, um, a means of expressing yourself, which is what, you know, when you get to that level, I think that's what you, what you deal with. Uh, on, a, on a lesser level, uh, you deal with it at places like Shoreline Cars and Coffee, uh, at the auto show, at different places that people are able to customize, able to put different components on their car to change the look of the car uh, to reflect some of what their personality is. And uh, between the Celestique and the Rolls, um, uh, you know, I'm Right now, today at uh, 8.33 in the morning, the uh, Celestique, Celestique uh, is, it has won me, uh, has, has, 
is a cut below the rolls. The rolls just makes you fall in love with it. Uh, the Celestique is a car that you have to stop and think about falling in love with for a couple of minutes. And, and listen, that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that for me, personally, personally, and I am a Cadillac lover. Boy, that'd be a great title for a cartoon, wouldn't it? I'm your Cadillac lover. <laughs> uh, Nathan, we got to get to work on that. Uh, we got to get to work on writing that song. The Cadillac lover. Anyway, uh, so we got we got that. We're going to take a quick break here. We come back. We got a cartoon for you. Plus, we'll take you to the other end of the spectrum when it comes to, uh, to new cars that we saw this week. This is Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny, right here at 1150 KKNW. American cars guzzle gas. American cars are all style and no substance. American cars don't last. To all that, American Motors says nuts. This American Motors Concord and this spirit are built to be more than just good looking. They're tough. Tougher than ever before. The only American cars with galvanized steel and 100% of the exterior body panels. That's right, 100%. And Concord and Spirit are more fuel efficient than ever before. This Concord actually gives you better mileage than Chevy Citation. Only the tough Americans give you Z-Bard factory rust protection and a full five-year no-rust-through warranty. Top can be beautiful. Plus the exclusive American Motors buyer protection plan. Still with the best economy car warranty coverage in the industry. Concord and Spirit. For good-looking, high-mileage cars, don't sell the tough American short. Concord and Spirit, built to last from American Motors. Miss a show on KKNW? Check out 1150kknw.com for podcasts of many of our programs. That's 1150kknw.com. And welcome back to Drive Time Radio. New York Vinny hanging out with you here on a Saturday morning, as we usually do. Uh, and we are uh, so happy to be here with you. We've been talking cars this morning. We talk cars every morning. That's what we do. Well, every Saturday morning. Uh, you can also catch me uh, along with my buddy Michael Knight Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings uh, right here on Facebook Live. We're not on Celestial Radio. We're just on Facebook Live. Uh, in our Mike and Vinny Take on the World program, which is um, uh, quickly becoming a, a program that people... Uh, call the neighbors and tell them about. Uh, I know our friend Nathan, our producer, Nathan has called his friends and said, Leah, you got to listen to Mikey and Vinny there. Uh, something that uh, that will just change your life if you listen. Absolutely change your life. Right, Nathan? I had people listen when the Mariners, you know, were uh, – having the Astros' troubles and get a good perspective and honest take on why things happen. And, you know, it felt really genuine. <laughs> so it's like, everybody check this out. <laughs> Listen hey, to this perspective. You're a good man, Nathan. <laughs> you are a good man. How are you, Nathan? I'm doing good. Happy to be breathing easy again after we had, what, two months of smoke, it seems like? Yeah. I mean, Boy, it was starting to get to me on Thursday. Felt like I had a nosebleed without a bloody nose. Yeah, it was uh, it was nasty. I, as I, as I said, I was telling you earlier before we uh, started the show. I went and actually slept in the car two nights because the uh, the vehicle I was driving, the Buick that I was driving, had a uh, filtration system in it. So if you're inside of it and the air is being filtered. Uh, that uh, comes in, and um, I remember taking a look at the uh, filter that was in the car and saying, wow, uh, I mean, the thing was, was filled with just, I'm saying, am I putting that in my lungs? It was filled with green and black, and uh, it was just a, a nasty combination. So, but thank God that the rain has come, and uh, this is happening. If you're going, and, and the air is clearing up, if you are going through the passes this morning, uh, be aware, be careful, because there is snow in the Snoqualmie Pass. I don't know if it's stuck, it stayed, it's icy, I don't know what happened uh, as far as the snow that was falling yesterday. <clears throat> but the snow is falling. 
uh, and was falling. And so it's official. So next week we'll spend a little time uh, telling you about uh, just kind of walking you through some of the things you need to do uh, for your car. I will be in Spokane next week doing the show um, uh, as we come to you from over there and uh, bring the Ford Lightning pickup truck out to uh, the uh, Lightning F-150 all-electric truck. We're going to take it out there and see what the uh, the boys on the other side of the state, and girls for that matter, uh, what the people on the other side of the state think about this uh, vehicle that everybody's talking about, nobody can get, um, and is, again, the rage of uh, the rage of the trucking world right now. Uh, that and uh, Elon Musk, who is I guess going to roll out his uh, self-driving Tesla truck uh, in, in the very near future. I guess Pepsi is going to get the delivery of the first couple of trucks. So if you're driving down the highway and you see a truck next to you that has no driver, why don't panic? <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't grab the steering wheel and go the other way, which I suspect is going to happen. At some point, somebody is going to be driving along, they're going to look up into that truck, and they're going to see nothing there, and, uh, you know, drive off the road or something. God forbid, but let's let's talk reality here, and how things actually go as opposed to how we wish they would go. Now, what I suggest to Tesla, and I don't think they'll do it, but at least I could make the suggestion is you might want to go back and look, watch the movie Airplane and um, look at the automatic pilot. They had this automatic pilot that uh, was actually a blow-up automatic pilot. <laughs> I would suggest to Tesla that maybe you buy some of these or find some of these somewhere in a thrift shop in L.A. and put that in the driver's seat of your Tesla truck so people won't be shocked out of their underwear when they uh, when they see this driverless truck coming down the street. Just a little public service for uh, Elon Musk, who uh, will own all of us this week after he buys Twitter. You know, we'll all he, he's buying our uh, many people's biggest addiction, uh, which is social media. And he's buying, uh, he's supposed to be buying Twitter. We'll see how that all goes and what changes that will bring to uh, Twitter. All right, time for the car song. We'll, uh, we have our cartoon that we do every week because cars and music go together so well. Uh, this one came out of left field. M- uh, m- much of my week came out of left field. And I can, if you ask anybody who was around this morning at uh, 745, they'll tell you that it came out of uh, left field. But this is... Um, one of one of my favorite bands of the '60s and the '70s, but certainly rooted in the '60s and the hippie days, was Jethro Tull. Ian Anderson uh, is the uh, lead singer and the flautist that you will hear, and uh, you know did many great uh, songs like Aqualung, and uh, you know just a, a catalog of really incredible uh, songs that were a little different than the regular rock and roll that you heard of the day. It incorporated wind instruments. It incorporated uh, a different sound uh, that Anderson and his guys were able to uh, capture and uh, and be distinct about. Uh, there was When you heard a, a Jethro Tull record back in the 60s and the 70s, you knew it was Jethro Tull. There wasn't anybody else that that record was going to be. They were so good that nobody even really tried to imitate them. That's how good they were. Anyway, uh, 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 Jethro and the boys, uh, or Ian and the boys, uh, have a driving song. And uh, I thought that we would uh, we would uh, play it for you now. Probably hasn't played been played on the radio in 100 years, but of course here at uh, Drive Time Radio, we try to do many things that haven't been done in 100 years. So here is Jethro Tull on Drive Time Radio. There you go, Jethro Tull. And a quick little ditty from uh, an album that... uh, I'm trying to remember when Tull did that. 
uh, Driving Song is the name of uh, the uh, song. I believe that was uh, from Stand Up, which was back in 1970, something like that, 69. Uh, like, like Wavy Gravy said, if you remember the 60s, you weren't there. So, anyway, that is... Uh, that is our cartoon of the week brought to you uh, in the hopes that you will uh, match up your music and your cars and your drives and may they all be happy and musical for you. And we really uh, always appreciate uh, that and the fact that you are uh, musically inclined. All right, uh, before we get to Yo Vinny, uh, and our review, um, I can't hold this in. I wanted to hold it until next week, and uh, unfortunately, it's not working out the way I thought it would. So I, I want to introduce you to, you know, we talk about the big luxurious cars on one end of the uh, spectrum. Well, this week, we also get a chance to talk about a car that I think I'm pretty sure that uh, Nathan is going to fall in love with. Uh, I know I saw it, and I did. It is uh, the Microlino. I just love saying the name. The Microlino. <laughs> uh, we got it up on the screen, I believe, if you uh, are watching us on on Facebook. Uh, this is the Microlino. It's made by a scooter company in... Um, well, there's an Italian connection to it, but I believe they're in Switzerland. And uh, this is this crazy-looking little car, but yet, as we say in the car, in the car business, uh, nothing, you know, nothing's new. Everything is just an idea that's regurgitated. Well, this car is an idea that was regurgitated from... Uh, the 50s and early 60s. The Microlino is a direct uh, hit on the uh, Messerschmitts and the Isettas, the BMWs of the day. And, and what made these cars unique is the shape that you see, uh, the, the, the smallness of them, which uh, they're not cars that you're going to take into the country or out on a, you know, out on a, up, up the pass or anything like that. I think the top speed on this thing is only about... Uh, 70 miles an hour, but if you go to retirement communities, you see a lot of this type of car. Uh, it almost looks like golf carts. Uh, there is a provision in the federal law that says that you can make a car that goes under, uh, you know, speed limit on a street has to be, I think it's 25 or 35 miles an hour, and this car fits that bill perfectly. As you can see on the front, uh, on the, from the rear, uh, the unique shape, the easy plug-in. Uh, you can even uh, they even advertise that it has completely uh, e easy parking. You can cross park, getting out directly on the sidewalk. And by cross park, they mean that you park them with the door of the car facing the curb. Now you see if anyone wants that unique old car. Well, this car has a door that opens in the front. The whole front of the car opens. And that's how you get in and out of the car. I love, before I switch to the front view here, I love the fact that they, <laughs> I love it and I don't love it, actually. Uh, in the ad here, and again, this is Europe, it says space for two. Space for two adults and three beer crates. Yes, that's right. <laughs> On the advertising right there. Space for two adults and, a, and three beer crates. I think you're going to have to change that. But this is how the uh, Microlino opens up and looks. And I find it fascinating. I watched a couple of videos on this thing this week. And I just fell in love uh, with this car. I so want one of these. Now, they're not going to come to the United States just yet. Unless somebody brings one over, there's no plans to import them. And they would probably have to do at least some work on it to comply with federal regulations. But I sincerely hope they do. Um, again, it is not a car that's for everybody or everything. But if you're one of those people, and I saw this a lot at the... Um, 
the uh, uh, electric car show that I went to up in Everett a couple of weeks ago. Older people who were looking at these cars and saying, wow, I can save some cash, save some electricity, charge it at home, I can do this, I can do that. This is the perfect car for those who only go downtown and then back to their house uh, that's just in another part of the city. Maybe they don't have to take the freeway to get there. They can just, uh, you know, go up the boulevard and get to their house. The perfect car for that. Uh, it'll charge in four hours. I forget what the range is on this, but I think it was about 175, 200 miles, something like that. And you can park them, as, as you see here, three of them in a row and in one parking space. I think it's a cute little car. I think it's something that, again, shows that electric cars are the, the, the design factor and the people that are thinking about these things make these cars able to be diverse and special purpose. I think this car is going to go for, is going for, actually, around 14000 bucks. And if I need a car for my kid to take to school, if I need a car for my mother-in-law to, well, I don't have a mother-in-law anymore, but, uh, you know, a, a second car to go grocery shopping or to the mall or here or there, and it doesn't involve getting on the freeway. What, per, what more perfect is roomy inside? I mean, you couldn't get more perfect than the Microlino. So that's something we'll examine it more in, uh, in weeks to come, but I just want I couldn't hold this in. I had to. <laughs> I had to, like, say, look, this is the Microlino. You got to see this thing. <laughs> hey, what can I tell you? Some days, uh, that's how it, uh, some days that's how it rolls. You know? You just, uh, you, you, you get a secret. Uh, you get something, you find something, and you can't wait. I, it was, hey, I found this thing last, you know, this, this, past week and it was hard for me not to put it up on the website and you know but I wanted to save it for the show and for the people that listen and uh, that uh, participate in the show so that's the microlino you can find it at microlino-card.com and I suggest you go and take a look because I think you're looking at the future I think you're looking at a car that uh, that is snappy that, as we talked about before, shows off your personality. But I don't know what's what's fourteen thousand from three hundred thousand. I mean, it shows off your uh, at a, a, your individuality at a much less price, at a better price, at a price that uh, you can afford. <laughs> so that's it. The Michael. I just love saying the name. It's the Michaelino. <laughs> Sounds like you're ordering SpaghettiOs, right? Let me have a, a microlino and a, a meatballs, <laughs> please. I can do that. I'm Italian. I'm not culturally appropriating. Um, <laughs> oh, man. You know, this show sometimes is amazing. And it really says something to me that, uh, <laughs> that I make it for an hour and that uh, my good friend, Nathan doesn't just uh, shut me off and play, like, uh, elevator music in my place. Uh, 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 Nathan, have you ever been tempted to do that? Now is probably a good time. You think so, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're just sitting there saying to yourself, uh, well, let me just shut this all off here. This, is, uh, this, this could be a little crazy here. Um, I'm just trying to find quickly uh, something before we get out of here because I know we're right up against the clock and we got to get going. So, Nathan, why don't you ask me the magic question? Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Uh, what am I driving this week? Nathan, I'm driving the 2023 QX55 from Infinity. And, uh, you know, this is a, this is a mighty... Nice car. This is, uh, you know, Infinity has uh, has upped their game over the last uh, year or so and uh, has really done a nice job of uh, design. I mean, they, they've stuck with this design for a while, but the, uh, 
the QX55, which uh, you know starts around fifty thousand bucks, somewhere in there, is um, you know it's a, it, it's one of those cars. It's a crossover. Uh, it's a coupe, and it's kind of uh, kind of an SUV. I mean, it has the all-wheel drive, uh, but I love the style of this vehicle. I love the way it. Uh, it has kind of a springy look, what I call a springy look. It looks like it's ready to jump off into traffic and go. And uh, a comfortable car, a very safe car. Uh, the uh, Nissan technology uh, around their um, driver assistance items that are in the car uh, is really uh, 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 second to none. I mean, they really do a lot of interesting things with this car uh, where you can hit a button on the steering wheel and practically drive this thing, uh, you know, by itself without your assistance. But you do have to, uh, you know, you still have to keep your hands. Well, you know, you don't have to really keep your hands on the wheel, but you have to be attentive as to what's happening. But the QX55 is in that class of uh, crossovers that... uh, you know, it's it, it, if you're looking for a vehicle to pack the family in, maybe this isn't the car for you. But if you're looking for a vehicle that maybe you and your your wife or your partner or your friend or whatever you go on trips and you 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 know you got to put a few pieces of luggage in the back, and you want something that looks good, that's sporty, has a great design to it, uh, and and makes you feel good driving it. The QX55 uh, is is a really interesting vehicle in that in that area. The the interior is a, a sharp looking interior. Uh, the dashboard is well laid out. Uh, it really uh, gives you a sense of uh, that they uh, they didn't just slap this thing together. That this was thoughtfully designed and put out. It gives you a feeling of elegance and performance which is a nice intersection. You know, when you can have elegance in a car, when you can have a vehicle that that looks like it's ready to spring into action and go, and you combine that with performance that, you know, will get you up and go when you hit the gas, uh, the QX55 is uh, it seems to be an exciting car. We're going to have more fun with it this week, take it up on a nice road trip this weekend, and see exactly what it's uh, gotten. And, of course, report back to you uh, next week on uh, the uh, the drive time road test. All right, that is going to put it in the books for another edition of Drive Time. We always like to remind you about uh, one of our great friends, George Jackson. If you have uh, advertising specialties that you need, uh, find George on Facebook, George Jackson Promotions. He's a good guy, and he deserves your business. Take it from me. If you support him, you support the show. And uh, so thank you to everybody who makes the show possible. My friend Keith, don't forget, we'll be in Spokane next week. Have a good week, and we'll see you next week if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise. Take care.